Hey, it is Thursday, January 5th. We got a special guest host, Todd Caputo, in the house. We're going to review CES uh, announcements they made yesterday. Also, talk about Amazon laying people off and taking a loan all at the same time. So we'll get to that story, the Amazon story at, at the end. But uh, Mr. Todd Caputo, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate I should have I should have worn my black hat, black T-shirt, grown a beard for this. Shouldn't well, the hat and the T-shirt could be expected. I've never yeah. seen. You. Have you ever had a beard? A goatee, like back in the day, like thirty years ago. But my you've never had a beard. Never. Uh-uh. How about your dad? Ever had a beard? No, God, no. Uh. Uh-uh. You know, I, I just think, saw- I don't think I'm a beard guy. You don't know until you try. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Amy would like that too much. We know her pretty well, so uh, beer's not happening in this house. <laughs> not, not quite, not quite. Yeah. Uh, well, we have a lot of things to talk about. You know, if um, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, if you don't know what that is, it's the biggest show in Las Vegas. They have it at the same place that uh, NADA is every other year, the NADA Convention Center. But I mean, to contextualize it, NADA show is about thirty thousand people. CES is about a hundred thousand people. So I'm just thinking the scale of this is massive and it's across all technology, a number of people in automotive. Have you ever been there, Todd? No. And I've always wanted to go It's on my bucket list of things to do. I should have actually done. I think next year. year, next year is yeah. the year. I think Let's we go. were talking we'll about it too. We should, uh, yeah, who do go. we know that's there? Like David Kane is there right now. Oh, is he? He is. Oh yeah. He went uh, with his son and, uh, yeah. he's, you know, he's posting pictures. So he's making us all jealous. So next year you bring miles, I'll bring Anthony. We'll bring our sons and we'll go. There you go. We'll bring an Let's iPhone and, and we'll yeah. just live report from it. Yeah, it'd be a um, blast. So CES is rolling heavy this year. And, you know, we had talked about um, a couple shows ago that it's so automotive heavy now that EVs are in the forefront. Um, it really has pushed uh, automotive culture back into the public technology culture and just culture in general. And so this year, I think automotive accounts for like I think it's something crazy, like 15 or 20 percent of the show, 400,000 show floor square feet are accounted to the automotive industry alone. And so yesterday, you know, the the, the announcements, the press releases, uh, the live demos start to wrap up. So we're going to give you a little um, a little bit of a, a rundown on what happened yesterday. And then uh, we'll hear Todd's, as usual, unfiltered feedback on all of it. So, um, so it kicked off. Uh, first one we're going to talk about is Sony, the Sony-Honda Mobility joint venture between Sony and Honda. And they revealed what the brand is going to be for the joint venture in the car they're developing. It's called Afila, A-F-F-E-L-A. There's a picture of it on the screen. It looks like a Porsche, uh, kind of has like that fast back look of the Porsche with it kind of looks like a lucid air. It's got 45 cameras and sensors on both the interior and exterior. It's got a media bar on the front that actually can like communicate messages and colors and things like that. Uh, best in class entertainment, they're saying. It's built on something that I want to look into a little more. Qualcomm's uh, Snapdragon chassis, which is like supposed to solve the like the constant connectivity issue. Um, and uh, we'll do a quote here and then we'll talk about it. Uh, Yasuhiri Mizuno, CEO of Sony Honda Mobility, said, Afila represents our concept of an interactive relationship where people feel the sensation of intelligent mobility and mobility can detect and understand the people and society by utilizing sensing and AI technologies. There you go. It'll be built in the U.S. Order start in 2025 with delivery slated for the same year. What do you think of that car, Todd? Uh, I think the car, it looks like one of those old yellow, ugly Walkmans. Remember those old Sony Walkmans? Oh, no. Those big, ugly things that you used to put on your head. Or put on on your, oh. oh, my God. I think that car is like these cars need personality. That car doesn't have it for me. Mm-hmm. But as a, as a former dealer and someone who's definitely an advocate for dealers, you know, who's going to fix these cars? Who's going to sell them? Who's going to service them? It's a question. Um, you they know, still haven't it, said. 
They still haven't said. Yeah, so if I if I have a Honda franchise, I'm thinking, geez, okay, am I going to be delivering these cars? Am I going to be servicing them? Who's going to pay me? How am I going to get paid? Um, I think it's very interesting that they're doing this with Sony for sure, but I think that car is just butt ugly, and it looks like it's going to be very expensive. <laughs> there you go, unfiltered. Let's move right on to the next <laughs> one. If you like that one, you're going to love this. BMW, the iVision D, which is D-E-E, standing for Digital Emotional Experience. Um, I would say it gives a nod to the hard lines of the older BMWs, think just real like boxy, but adds quite a few curves to kind of make it look sleek. It's pushing the boundaries of integrated tech, featuring, this is cool, a full windshield display obviously these are concept cars but basically users can slide between an augment like no display or just a standard heads-up display or an augmented reality display where it's going to show things across the windshield and overlay you know maybe like directions or a fully virtual experience where it's just a screen and you're not even looking at anything in the real world um steven durack their group senior vice president of the connected development said when integrating technology in the car, we think about the customer experience it creates and the problem we want to solve. We want to deliver the information you need right at the time you need it to give the perfect experience. That's what people are asking for. Uh, what do you think of that car? Um, they tell people don't text and drive. So now they want to put stuff up on a windshield for when you're driving a car. I don't <laughs> get it. It looks like, well, a, is it, is it a living room on wheels? No, no, it's it's smaller. Yeah. It's smaller. I mean, it looks like a smaller BMW, but like so I think a lot of these comments are like very generic. Like, you know what I mean? Like, think about it. like we want to give people tech that integrates with the life just when they need it. It's like, yeah, yeah. Again, <laughs> Isn't that the point of a, technology? It's a concept, right? So mm -hmm. we'll see what happens with that one. But you know, again, like that last car we looked at, people um that are, you know, higher levels of income that can afford some of these cars. They mm -hmm. like cars with personality. Yeah. Uh, they like cars with, with uh, some horsepower. And um, I think a lot of them just like simplicity too. They just want to kind of get in the car and go. So yeah, I hope that the true. automakers, they just don't lose sight of that. Um, these are guys and gals that just kind of want to go fast and look cool. And I don't think either one of those cars look too cool to me. It's just my opinion anyways. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next one. The VW, uh, newly named ID7. I think it was called the ID Arrow at the concept. Um, it has a fully lit exterior. Now, this is super concept. It literally has an LED screen on both the panels and the windows. This is just something that VW does at the CES shows. This is not you know ever going to go into production. Um, but this vehicle, the ID7, is supposed to be a Tesla Model 3 competitor straight on. Um, it's got a full heads-up display, not full windshield, but all the way across the windshield, at least on the bottom, and uh, you know a pretty big 15-inch touchscreen, smart climate control that you know heats and cools the cabin when they thinks the driver is heading toward the car. So when you get in the car, it's either heated or cooled. Um, you know, it kind of the, they they made a big deal about the air vents and how they can direct and, and disperse air, but it reminds me just like of basically the interface looks like just what the Tesla Model 3 has um, already. And it has an expected range, which is the largest that they've announced in any of their lineup of over 400 miles. Actually, I think it was like 450, but that's based on the European standard, which is a little more liberal. So we'll call it 400. Um, but that definitely looks like, uh, I don't know, a more normal car if you take away the LED panels. If it's 40, 50 grand, it'll sell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it, it kind of reminds me of like cool a Passat-sized sedan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's cool. I think it'll sell. But the only other thing that I think of going in the future, right, is these cars are going to be so sophisticated and so complicated with all these electronics and LED lights and all these sensors and all these cameras. They're going to be very, very expensive to insure. 
right? Like mm. how is an insurance company going to value some of these cars if, if they get in an accident and as a dealer or, you know, an independent repair shop or a body shop, you're going to have to have some serious um, tools that are probably expensive. Tech tools, people to actually fix these cars. I mean, you know, I've got a Tesla, right? Um, yeah. And it's right now a model S, shop. right? Uh, yeah, I got an S and my son has a three and his car got backed into uh, at a Chinese restaurant um, about four weeks ago. It's still sitting at a body shop in Charlotte. There was only three body shops in Charlotte that could actually fix it. And it's one of many Teslas sitting there and the only ones that can fix it. What's it waiting so, for? Just time? Um, parts and, and honestly, just time and having someone actually able to work on it because there's just so many of them sitting there. Um, it's it's a big deal, right? If you own an electric car um, in one of these cars that are so tech heavy, it's going to be expensive to insure. And if you get, especially in an accident, um, I think you better be planning on waiting a long time to get the car back. Wow. Until, that's, the, industry, until, until the industry catches up. That's a massive consideration. I mean, even the cost, I mean, look, all these complicated windshields, how often windshields get chipped or cracked or something like that. And then, man, think of another complexity. What if the windshield gets chipped and it messes with the heads up display and all of a sudden it freaks out and you can't really see clearly out the windshield. It's a whole other level of safety issue. I, the model three we have, um, the roof got a chip in it and we had to replace the glass on the roof, which um, is like special polarized, yeah. you know, argon. So what that, would that do? It was, uh, it was, it was a project to get it done. Um, it, I could not go through safe light. It had to be a specific vendor that specifically dealt with those only. And again, um, wasn't simple, wasn't easy, and it was an expense to the insurance company. And actually, I didn't even put it on the policy. I didn't bother claiming it. I just paid it out of my pocket because I don't want yep. to raise the um, I want to raise my rates. But again, you know, I love electric cars. I think they're great, and I, I think that the future looks bright for them. But unless it's affordable for everybody, it ain't gonna happen. It's just yeah. it's just not. Yep. All right. One last one. This is uh, not a full vehicle, but Stellantis revealed their version of what they're calling the cockpit of the future, noting that Chrysler will be the first brand to integrate the new technology. Uh, basically, you know, the, the, it doesn't look comfortable to me, but the, the main feature is um, this two-seat cabin that has dual touchscreens that stretch from one side of the, the panel all the way across the other. It's about, it looks like it's about six to eight inches tall. It goes all the way across. And the software, which is heavily focused on artificial intelligence, intended to alleviate a lot of the difficulties and stress associated with driving. Chrysler is saying they're also leaning into fun and wellness features, including meditation, DJ games, and get this, karaoke. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> like, I think, sure. you know, CES is a lot of fanfare, right? And they want, yeah, they want sure. to say something that's going to get out there. But, you know, uh, Chrysler being the first brand to get the state-of-the-art, you know, new display, I think, I guess it makes sense, right? You get the volume. I don't know. Um, you know, I think for passengers, it'll be fun. You know what? You know what just came to my mind, Paul? I feel like we're going through almost like a renaissance in the industry um, mm -hmm. with, with the technology. If you look back at the cars, you know, when, when cars first came out, you know, in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and how the technology just changed. Well, I think we're actually almost going through like a revolution now with cars, kind of like we've been, we, we were, went through literally 90 years ago. I mean, you know, I'm into old cars, right? So I yeah. I I, and, and I love cars. I just, I truly love them. But I feel like there's definitely uh, a huge shift and in, in change coming with cars. There's no more turn signal. There's no more, you know, you know, levers coming off a steering wheel. 
It's yeah. constant buttons everywhere. And again, I think it's awesome. But my only concern is like this stuff distracts people. Um, screens can definitely be really, really, really distracting. I yeah. think moving a letter, you know, moving a lever to, to, to make a lane change is one thing, but having to actually look at a screen and touch and swipe and something like that as a driver. Yeah. I think that's just, again, right? Like you've got to think about this stuff. Um, people that design things, um, I know they drive cars, but a lot of times people that design things and, and, and work for these large corporations, they almost live in a cubicle or, or, or a place where they don't necessarily think about what happens in the real world to someone who's just driving their kids back and forth yeah. to school or to a game or something like that. And that's, that's, that's the real consumer. It's a disconnect. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see because it feels like a little bit of the antidote to what you're saying could be a lot of these autonomous features or at least driver assist features and safety features that maybe counteract some of the distraction that happens, or at least the, the change in, you know, the change in comfort level with, you know, maybe pulling 11 versus looking to the right. And so, I mean, I mean, I can't tell you how many times my you know semi-autonomous features have saved me from a collision or maybe changing oh, yeah. lane the wrong way. Totally and so, right. you know, I almost, I wish I would have included the story because I found this great video of, um, a Tesla rider in Detroit driving their Tesla in the snow and autopilot. And it couldn't make it like three feet without going into the curb. It's just like, and he's like, anyone that tells you full autonomy is coming. He's like, even in perfect conditions, right? There are a lot of questions. Um, but even in, in inclement weather, like, you know, you and I are used to being from, you know, or having lived in upstate New York for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, not, not even close. All right. Speaking of not even close. Segway. Got to get a segue in. So Amazon has made two large announcements this week. One is that they're laying off 18,000 people, which is more than 10,000 that they had originally expected in November. And the other one, which was just at the end of the day yesterday, is that they are securing an $8 billion unsecured credit line um, to, for the next year with an option to, uh, to extend it another year. So let's break those two down. The layoffs are something that we had been talking to and looking at. Amazon literally doubled the size of their company since the pandemic started, right? During the pandemic, online sales skyrocketed. People were stuck at home. They added hundreds of thousands of workers. So they're laying off 18,000, which actually represents 1.1% of their workforce. And they said it's going to be pretty broad across the entire company, right? Like they're not just doing C-suite. They're not just doing warehouse. They said it's pretty broad, just uh, labor reduction, now, you pair that with the fact that they're taking out this $8 billion term loan, which, by the way, that's a lot of interest, right? <laughs> $400 million interest in a year at, at 5%. But they're doing this, and the, the quote was, given the uncertain macroeconomic environment over the last few months, we have used different financing options to support capital expenditures, debt repayments, acquisitions, and working capital needs. So that's what they're saying it's for. Um, in Q3, they had $35 billion in cash with $59 billion in long-term debt. We don't know what that is at, at the moment. So uh, what do you make of that dichotomy? Laying people off, um, borrowing cash for Amazon. So some of this I would say is probably above my pay grade, but you know me, I like, just like to simplify things. Yep. Um, if you're looking at this from a, a business owner's perspective, um, this is the year to really start focusing on expenses because um, a lot of people in the auto industry have been really fat and happy. And you have to look at every single thing that you pay for, every single person that you have, all of your processes. And I would think Amazon, along with a lot of other companies, are doing the exact same thing. We've been reading about layoffs now for the last three, four, five months. Yeah. I'll be curious to see what happens with a lot of the corporate layoffs that we've seen, whether or not these people um, get rehired. 
and how quickly they actually get rehired and who picks them up. Mm -hmm. um, if they don't, you're probably going to see the unemployment rate tick up. And then maybe what will happen is, um, you know, we might see interest rates start to 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 not continue to to go higher because I think what the government a wants bit. to see. Yeah, the government's so concerned that the employment market's so hot, um, which to me doesn't make any sense. To me, I'd, I'd like to see everybody employed. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. We want to have such low employment or unemployment, but um, you know, I I, I just um, you know, here again, we, we look at the basic fundamentals of businesses. You have to generate cash flow. You have to generate profit. And when we're in a world right now where it's not all about top line revenue anymore because the cost of capital is not nearly as inexpensive as it used to be. And yeah. the focus is not just on growth. The folks, the focus in the investment community is really looking at companies that actually make a good return on investment at all. I mean, we see it with our, with, with other people in the car industry, especially some of the online um, car dealers and what's happened to them and, and, and their market cap has been destroyed because the investment community is really not focusing on the sizzle anymore and the top line revenue growth. They're focusing on whether or not these companies can actually make money. I think that that's kind of the dichotomy of the auto industry right now. Like even in the things that we talked about this morning, right? There's a lot of sizzle going on. There's a lot of EV talk. There's a lot of technology talk, but the undertone that, you know, you hear amongst dealers who are really paying attention in the industry at large from an operation standpoint is it's very expense driven now. Like all of a sudden we're back to where we were in 2019, you know, 2020 hits and then this whole thing happens. But what happens when, when things are uncertain, what do you look at? You look at expenses. You look at expenses right? for sure. Like everything yeah. happens in cycles, right? Business happens in cycles. And um, I think we're coming into another one now. And, you know, the government's printed money for a long time, a lot yeah. of it. And, um, you know, I think some of it's coming back to roost. And those who uh, operate their businesses fundamentally correctly uh, will be fine. And there's definitely opportunities for those that are sharp. But if you've been sloppy, no matter what the business is that you're in, uh, I think this year is going to be a wake-up call for people. Well, there you have it. I think that's enough for a Thursday. People have some work to do. They have some expenses to cut, technology to pay attention. But more than all of that, we know that this industry revolves around one thing, and that is serving other people. 